0: Welcome to Crab Takes in Football. That's what this podcast does. I am TK, joined by Andrew Holly. We are here for our training camp preview. Holly, it's been a little bit. How you doing, man?
1: Well, I've been better, TK. I uh, decided to uh, go to a party over the weekend, spent a little too much time in the sun, and let's just say my... Uh, my my whiteness was rewarded with lots of red on my shoulders and even blistered a little bit. Not so good at applying uh, my suntan lotion over the weekend. But, you know, that's what summer that's what happens in the summer sometimes, you know. So sometimes you just get you, you get burned a little bit.
0: But, uh, but it was a good time. So that's all right. That sounds awful. That tends not to happen to me very much, but that's all right yeah Um, yeah when
1: you're when you're blessed to be as as milky bright white as i am sometimes when you go out in the sun and unleash your your body to the the heavens you, you get burned out crisp so that that's unfortunately happened to me sadly
0: yeah well like you said that's what summer's all about right so how's your summer going summer's going well uh let's see settling into the new house um you know, it's all good. It's it's going it's going well. Good, good. Yeah. Nothing crazy. The Orioles are having a nice season. That's been yeah, fun man. to be a part of. And the Orioles magic. Feel it happen. Yeah, yeah. Tough tough series loss to the Yanks just now, but that's all right. Uh I think they'll bounce back a little bit. Just need the pitching to hang in there a little bit. Score a few more runs, I think. Absolutely. Got a very uh Tenuous bottom third of the of the lineup that doesn't really help things, but
1: well, you know it's a season of of maturation still for the Orioles. I think everyone agreed we're about a season ahead of schedule. If not two seasons ahead of schedule, so I mean it's it's going to continue to be quite a transition to from even this team to some of the great players in the in the minors that they've got coming up. So
0: it's going to be a fun time in Baltimore. I th- is what we will answer by the end of this podcast. Um, so just to do some uh, some cleanup stuff from since the last time we talked. Uh, you know, really sad day in Baltimore with the passing of Jalen Ferguson and Tony Saragusa. Uh that was a really weird, hard day um, yeah,
1: definitely a crazy day. I mean obviously we're we're here on so it's it's a little bit old news. We've all had time to to process it a little bit, but definitely a dark day in Raven's history to not only um. You know, hear the news about Jalen Ferguson, but then then Tony Siragusa just a few hours later. It was uh, quite a quite a sad day in Baltimore, for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, since then, there have been some some nice things that have happened. Um, we welcomed back Justin Houston after his veteran tender. Uh, they were able to agree to a deal um, just today. They announced a restructure of Marlon Humphrey's contract. Uh, to convert some of his salary into a bonus, to open up some salary cap space. And um, the first thing we did with that money, did you see this? It was just recently announced. No. We signed Corey Clement uh, to join the running back group. So Interesting. That's yeah, interesting. very. Yep. So maybe not the uh, the major signing of Lamar Jackson that we were looking forward to, but definitely some training camp preseason depth at the running back spot as a, as a couple of our guys come back from injury. And of course that's going to be a big storyline as, as the preseason training camp and all that kind of stuff progresses is how these guys that we're referring to come back from injury. And that's going to come through in a lot of our discussion here today, as we talk about, you know, our, our roster and guys that we were looking for and some of the training camp battles that we're looking forward to uh, over the next several weeks Um, there's a ton of competition on this roster, which I think is a really good thing because then, you know, we're going to be able to put together the the best group of 53 players that we can and, um, you know, try to get back to competing for a championship like this franchise is, is used to doing. So let's see, let's, let's start. Where do you want to start? I'll, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you kick this off. Well,
1: shoot, since we have this uh, late breaking news about the running back room, let's go ahead and start there.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, Corey Clement joins a group that is a little bit banged up. Of course, uh, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards coming off their ACL injuries both start training camp on the physically unable to perform list. Uh, That list also includes Ronnie Stanley, Tyus Bowser, Marcus Peters and Ardarius Washington. But uh you know we we had JK Dobbin's pop off at some journalists um about his injury status uh haven't heard as much about Gus Edwards but it seems like everything is on track for both guys and uh at least it 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 sounds like according to his twitter account that JK Dobbin's expects to be back for week 1 uh i think that would be an awesome development uh, in his recovery but um yeah you you, you never know i think Either way, as long as those two guys are in the mix, uh, it's going to be a really good group there. I would agree with you. I mean,
1: they, in that, a lot of respects, those two players make or break the season. You know, having having J.K. Dobbins and, and – uh, oh, That's my always. gosh. Thank you. Uh, you know, having those two guys available to us, I mean – it changes everything. It's a complete game changer. I mean, yes, Tyler Beatty, I think, is a, a fantastic young player. I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch, especially in training camp. He might turn out to be a great third down back for us, but I don't want to go into the season hoping Tyler Beatty is, uh, you know, 1,200 yard back.
0: Yeah, right. And I don't I don't think that's, I hope that's not the the Ravens coaching staff in front office expectation, but you know, going back to last year, you see how many yards and how many explosive plays were left on the table by, you know, less experienced, less explosive running backs. Uh, you know, J.K. Dobbins has the ability to to hit a home run. You know, Gus Edwards is going to rip some, you know, intermediate uh, to sometimes long runs, maybe not as much for him. But there, there was a lot left on the table uh, by the running backs last year. And, um, you know, bringing in bringing those two guys back certainly helps. Uh, the veteran Mike Davis is a nice add. Um, you know, at least a veteran presence it, it helps. Tyler Beatty, I think, is going to be awesome. Uh, you know, coming out of the backfield, catching the ball, and hopefully that's something that they commit to. No matter who's uh, playing running back, uh, you know, throwing the ball to the running back a little bit more. And uh, of course, our, our other guy, Nate McCrary, is is uh, sticking around on the practice squad as well. It's going to be interesting to see who they keep, though, because. The guy that we're kind of forgetting about is Justice Hill, and I know that you're you've never really been super high on him, but um, you know he's he's back there too, and he's got some experience. And are you willing to cut a guy like him who has some special team yes, value see, see, as well? Yes,
1: in my mind, in my mind, Justice Hill is is gone.
0: I mean, I don't see mm-hmm. how he
1: can make this roster. All things being equal, and all everyone being healthy, in my mind, Mike Davis and. Um, Tyler Beatty take Justice Hill off of the roster. Nate McCrary, it was nice. You, your time to shine was last year. Um, if if he was going to make something of himself, it was going to be a year where we had the kind of injuries that we had and needed a running back to emerge. I hate saying that because I've, I've been excited about Nate McCrary. He's got some interesting skills. I don't see him developing as, as the running back we maybe wanted him to, to – show glimpses of, I mean, I'm not going to ever try to say we, we thought it was going to be really something special, but we thought he might be a serviceable running back at this point. I'm not sure if I would say that at this point. So Mike Davis and Tyler Beatty, I mean, it's their, it's their show in training camp to show that they can be the guys in case Dobbins and Edwards have any kind of lingering effects from their injuries. I, I feel pretty good about that depth. I don't love that depth necessarily, but it's, it's pretty good. As long as, as we, we continue to get positive reports on Dobbins and Edwards and just because they went on, on pup, I don't think that is just necessarily negative in any, any respect. I just think it, it, it's probably what anyone would, would end up have happening to them after
0: the injuries, those two guys had. Yeah, I think so. And it did open up a spot to bring in some depth with Clement, uh, just for the preseason and, and, uh, you know, leading up to week one, um, the it's going to be interesting when you think about like the roster management because I think I don't think a guy like Beatty gets through waivers. I, I think somebody no probably way. takes a shot on him if he gets cut. Uh, Mike Davis, again, like you know, a veteran running back, maybe somebody gets interested if if they have some injuries in training camp. So if he gets cut, he's likely gone. So all of a sudden, you know, you got some you got some tough decisions to make. Oh. As to, you know, who who do you like better and, and who, who shows more? Um, at this point, just like age and mileage-wise, I would think Beatty. And then and, and role-wise, I would think Beatty. But, you know, you never know. I mean, I'm, I'm not on the coaching staff. <laughs> <laughs> this so, is just
1: in breaking right. news here on yeah.
0: the podcast. Wow. Yeah. I'm a
1: little disappointed with that. I mean...
0: That's where I thought all your knowledge came came from, TK. Man, yeah. Well, honestly, you know, you know that I definitely wasn't an offensive line coach because we never knew what was going on. with the left <laughs> <guards>. <laughs> That is for
1: damn sure. And and speaking of offensive linemen, let's go ahead and transition from running backs over to offensive line, where we've got some interesting interesting new pieces that we've added over the off season but somehow we still potentially have a big hole over at left guard what are we ever going to do with that position
0: tk i don't know i think at this point we know that it's not going to be pat mccarry or who who Did is we, our do we was, know that <laughs> i don't know who is who is our three person it was Ben Powers, Bradley Bozeman, or somebody else, and we picked the wrong two guys. Yeah, that's right. It was Bozeman, Powers,
1: and uh, was it Tyler? Uh,
0: um, hold on, let me see here. Was it Tyree Phillips? Yeah, maybe Phillips. And I think Phillips maybe it was Tyree start.
1: Phillips. It was Tyree Phillips, Powers, and Bozeman. And we blew it on off front and we, we didn't take Bozeman. And he the you took powers, I took Phillips, and it was Bozeman.
0: Yeah. That's exactly what it was. So we still don't know what's going on over okay. there. And I'm uh, sure last year, what did we say? I think we said Cleveland and it was and it was Phillips. It was Phillips and then it was powers. So yeah. <laughs> we we don't really know. Uh I, it doesn't seem like one player. does seem like has, the Ravens really now, quite frankly. Yeah, and that's why they keep drafting guards. And trying yeah. to figure this thing out, but you know, it, it. Nobody has really grasped this particular spot and taken it for themselves, uh, which I think is kind of a shame because the rest of the well, the rest of the offensive line again is is quite injury dependent. Of course, the the major one I mentioned is is Ronnie Stanley at left tackle, and if he can come back and like at least approach his previous level of play that is a massive upgrade as to what was going on last year but you know on the right side i think things are kind of addressed could could that be i i think it could i mean and that's the, that's a somewhat
1: exciting thing i mean you go from center to right guard to right tackle and you kind of go oh, okay well as long as linderbaum can settle in at center which from all, you know, reports of how smart he is and talented and blah, 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 people seem to think he should be able to do that. I mean, Kevin Zeitler and and Morgan Moses, that's a pretty good right side. I'm not I'm not too worried about that as long as they can stay healthy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Zeitler settled in pretty nicely at right guard and, and finally solidified things after Marshall Yonda retired. And interestingly enough, it, it, despite appearing at right tackle at several games last year, Pat McCarry is listed as a guard slash center. So maybe he is in that mix at the left guard spot. And honestly, the way that he has performed at other positions, I have no reason to believe that he can't play left guard. Yeah, I
1: mean, at this point, he I mean, thinking about our options, we did sign him to that extension after last season. I mean, why not? I mean, yes, he he probably is in a perfect world. Yeah, he's your swing guy because he can play any position in a pinch. But in this offensive line, I think he best serves the team as the left guard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you've got like Tristan Colon backing up Linderbaum. uh, And then you've got, um, let's see, let's look at this list of tackles. Actually, the the list of tackles now is quite long um, because – it really is. You know, you you talk about Juwan James and, and people were excited about that signing. You know, I think that happened two years ago at this point. Yeah. Uh, you know, when he was still very injured. But um, he's barely played football <laughs> in the last three years. Uh, so who knows what kind of football shape he's in. And, and if he is in good football shape, then that's awesome. Uh, that's no promise, though, uh, you know. If it, man, it really just comes down to Ronnie Stanley. If he can, if he can come back and just start from day one at left tackle, or even early on in the season from left tackle and stay healthy, I think that would be uh, that would be a huge boost to the offense yeah. offensive line. We drafted Daniel Falele, who um, you know Jeff Zreebeck said was was struggling to get through some practices. So hopefully, just a conditioning issue. Um, you know, speaking of conditioning, we got the the famous Ravens conditioning test coming up tomorrow so we'll see that for these guys um and then of course mccary like you said can can play all along the place so it uh the left side some question marks the right side seems a little more solidified and then we got a rookie starting at center and you know generational talent however you want to take that i mean i think you had some comments on the word generational uh last time we recorded but if he's if he truly is a plug and play kind of guy, you know that's three out of five spots that are pretty solidified from day one, and then you know you just got to figure out two more very important ones. So you yeah. know another challenge for for the offensive line staff here.
1: So let's see here. Where do you where do you think we should transition next? Do you want to talk about some tight ends?
0: Yeah, let's work our way into out. So let's talk tight ends. Uh, Mark Andrews, my guy, of course, is uh, you know finally gotten the recognition he deserves league wide. Uh, he got this massive extension. Uh, He's ready to be the number one you know target in this offense. And then kind of behind him, there's uh, quite a few questions. A lot, a, a couple new faces, a couple returning faces, and uh, it's going to be tough to decide how many tight ends do we really keep on this roster? Can we keep on this roster? There's got to be
1: four. I, it's it's got to be four. I mean, because Boyle is too important to the offensive line and the blocking schemes. And I'll tell you what, Kolar and Likely are just, they were drafted for a reason. I think both are going to be studs. I mean, just think about all the praise so far that Likely has gotten from Lamar and other offensive players as he flashes in, in practices. Obviously, it's a long way to go, but I I don't see guys they've drafted this year getting cut for Josh Oliver and Tony Poljan.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's going to be four, but then you got to think, you know, it, include Pat Ricard in there. And all of a sudden, yeah. that's, that's almost like 9%, 10% well, percent of the Nick roster. Boyle,
1: Nick Boyle's basically a fullback. You know, Nick Boyle and... Uh, Ricard are almost the same kind of player you know in a in that sort of mold um yeah Ricard's more of a fullback but but still I think they they are sort of the you know that that package of guys and then Kolar and likely are the the guys that need to try to mimic and enhance the the you know deep tight end number one target schemes with with uh with Mark Andrews
0: if that makes sense. Right. So then you know, going back to our 2019 season when we had that awesome 3 tight end system. Um who are who are the three guys for you then? Who who who's that package for you? Who's that package
1: for me? Yeah.
0: Cuz all of a sudden that gets pretty tough. It does because you're going to have Andrews on the field. It does, uh, and, and then you know, obviously Andrews
1: on is on the field. I think you're going to see. I mean, I'll be honest with you, Kolar unlikely. I don't know that Nick Boyle's on the field for me right now. I know that's crazy. Some of that is is injuries in my mind. You know, just thinking I'm going to we're going to be able to trust the younger guys a little bit more to be on the field, Um, I just, especially likely, there's something about that kid that I've talked about it since we drafted him. He just seems like the kind of player that we're going to get a lot out of, just like what happened with Mark Andrews.
0: Yeah, I think it gets a little interesting because, you know, they love Ricard, right? They do. And if you, and if you're, if, are you like, if you, if you have. Who says
1: Ricard's not still on the field?
0: Right. So, uh, so what I was going to say is if you have Andrews, Ricard, and Boyle out on the field, are you kind of tipping your hand as to what kind of play you're about to run? Uh, Because (sighs) with with Boyle and Ricard, leaning run heavy.
1: um,
0: Yeah. You know, so that's.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, and I guess that's why you, you swap around between Ricard and Boyle and Kolar and Likely. And, you know, you're, you're just sort of fluidly moving those players all around. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's going to be the a main part of our offense. There's, yeah. Lord, yeah, knows, definitely. Lord I, knows that's our offense right there. That rotation is massive.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, Andrews is the pass catcher and, and we, we commented a lot about how he improved as a blocker as well. Um, so you know he he can kind of do it all. It, you know you, you know kind of know what you're getting out of boy. you kind of know what you're getting out of out of Ricard as you know pass catchers. It's not going to be all that dynamic but you know maybe a couple first downs here and there. Uh, I think that the the dark horses here are the rookies. I mean likely has you know the the, the athleticism Kolar has like that. Route running, you know, very similar to Mark Andrews in his game, but how do they get utilized? How many targets are there to go around? Quite a few after you, after you lose Marquise Brown, you who know, almost had 150 last year. So um, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how this group kind of comes together over the course of, of the preseason. And honestly, I see it as something that probably evolves over the course of the whole season until you find that right balance. I I, I agree completely. There
1: are going to be several packages that we try. I mean, look, the wide receivers, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a moment. That position is obviously in, you know, I don't know if in flux is totally the right way to to say. I think it's a a big moment. I mean, we're putting a lot of a lot of stock into some of these young guys we have on the roster. And, And quite frankly, I think, gratefully so. I mean, we have enough guys that I mean, and I know I'm already transitioning to wide receivers. Anyway. Yeah, let's go for it. But, you know, we've got, you know, Devin DuVernay, who's already a Pro Bowl returner. We've got Rashad Bateman, former first-round pick. Both of those guys are legitimate starting wide receivers. James Brochet is a legitimate slot receiver. Now, does it, are we real deep past that? Not really, but that's also where the tight ends are going to come into play. We're not going to be that heavy wide receiver offense we just won't be and and that's okay if we have the talent at tight end to make up for that and when you've got guys like kolar who have that big big wingspan can be that additional red zone target along with mark andrews i mean that's huge and then you can stretch the field with rashad bateman and Devin duvernay and uh james Prochet. and don't forget tylen wallace
0: yeah, absolutely. It's gonna come down to like can these guys figure out how to separate from corners and, and do you do you put some of these tight ends out wide? Like likely. Do you put him out wide? Uh, give him some opportunities out there to on some smaller defenders. Um, you know, especially on like third and short situations and where he can kinda, you know, box him out and just get the first down and, and keep it moving and, and you know, kind of that churning long drives kind of offense instead of being instead of relying on huge plays, um, like sometimes the Ravens had to do last year, um, you know, you didn't see as quite as frequently those long, you know first down after first down, after first down drives. And um, maybe you get a few more pieces that can kind of play that kind of game and and wear down other defenses and things like that uh, you know, instead of relying on the home run. And, uh, it's going to be interesting. I think the guy that I definitely have my eye on is Wallace, uh, because, you know, not a ton of opportunities last year, but, you know, he did flash a little bit when he did get a chance to get on the field. So, you know, if he can be that tough, um, you know, catch in traffic kind of guy that, that the Ravens thought that we drafted and, you know, he can, he can, he can be a threat on the outside and, and across from Bateman. Um, I think that's going to be huge. It's going to be a huge year for, for Bateman as well. I mean, his target share is going to go way up. Uh, he's shown that he can separate. He's shown that he can run away from defenders. He just needs to stay healthy and, you know, take advantage of the opportunity. So I think Bateman is, is going to slip really nicely into that. Not Maybe not the full Hollywood target share, but his, his targets are going to go way up. The thing
1: is, I I actually see him being the kind of receiver that's going to get more targets than Hollywood, because Hollywood was was one of two targets. He was either a deep threat or the the wide receiver screen. And that was about it. You know, there really wasn't or weren't many other routes that he would typically run. I mean, maybe some slight wrinkles here and there, but it was essentially a deep route of some sort or a screen. So I think bateman provides a lot more to the table he's going to be able to go across the middle a little bit more effectively he does the, all both of those other um route selections very easily so it's definitely i i think it's an improvement to have somebody with a bateman skill set we'll see if he's going to be better than brown but with his skill set i think that fits more as that number one receiver for this offense
0: yeah and and as much as we talk about wide receiver depth, I saw a really interesting tweet um, let's see I'm trying to find it from from huddle it up films uh, I think it's another 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 group that does some Ravens content, but they were saying really if you look at contenders in the afc, really the only teams with with really good depth at wide receiver or Cincinnati and, and Las Vegas or, or even pass catchers because they're, they're including tight ends here. And, you know, if you look at like Buffalo, uh, they have Stephon Diggs, superstar. Um, They have Gabe Davis and, um, and Knox, their tight end. But like, you know, that's about it. If Diggs goes down, then, you know, who are they really relying on? Denver, yeah. you got Jerry, Judy, Sutton, And Tim Patrick, you know, solid, but like if one of them goes down, you know, what, you know, what are you looking at there? Even Kansas City at this point without, um, without Tyreek Tyreek Hill, you know, they have Kelsey, they have Juju now. And, you know, who knows what he's still got in the tank and Nicole Hardman. So like if one of those guys goes down, like, who are you throwing the ball to? So the, the depth thing I think is really interesting because only a couple teams have like a ton of depth, but some of those teams have the superstar at the top. And, um, you know, we have Andrews, of course, uh, as our star. But, you know, having that number two or or somebody at the wide receiver position seems to be uh, fairly important as well. Well, you know, it it, it
1: definitely does. Um, I'm just having a thought here. You know, so obviously, and I don't think this is necessarily that that like – profound but you know obviously we've been talking about tight ends 2019 was such a big year for the tight end for us you know everyone keeps talking about oh you need wide receivers you need wide receivers who's to say that we can't just finally really establish the two tight end offense at least as being our offense you know between um between our two young tight ends uh, you know why not you know, like, and have them just be legitimate receiving options, not the, you know, one tight end is always a blocker, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about legitimate. Instead of a wide receiver, you have two tight ends, but they both really are legit, like awesome pass catching tight ends. Why can't that be your every down offense? Who's to say, likely or Colard don't just rotate off and on as essentially our second
0: wide receiver. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, so, it's possible. Yeah, if you commit to it, for sure. And it seems like they are.
1: Yeah, I mean, I and so I guess my point is, it, we're, we're as as you just said, we're obviously committing to it. So, I mean, there, everyone keeps questioning why we haven't gone out and signed a veteran wide receiver. Well, there's your answer. I think we're seeing it right there. I mean, we are going to be so tight end heavy; it's out of control.
0: Yeah. So I mean if you're if you're rolling two tight ends and a running back, then you know You've got Rashad Bateman and that's all you really need. hmm That's right. I mean, it, it it's nobody knows how this is gonna play out and that's why it's been such a popular topic for people to talk about in the off season. Um but I'm I I think I think what you say is really important. I mean, does a two tight end set become like the quote unquote base offense? Um, and who are those two guys going to be? And and how like how do those guys rotate? And who kind of seizes that other pass catching role? Um, because there's a few guys that can that can definitely go for it. So. It'll it'll be interesting to see how all of the pass catchers play out. It, it, and that's how you have to look at it on this roster is just it's not tight ends and wide receivers, it's pass catchers. Yeah. And you know, and, and that's just how it's gonna be this year. Especially
1: with likely and colar, I think they really they very well could add a, a totally different dimension. I mean, all the comparisons that that people made between Collar and Andrews, I mean that alone should make you salivate and then the fact that isaiah likely brings this total x factor to the board with his skill set finding you know not only making great catches that people are raving about but just being able to find open spaces and i i mean that i just i i can't say enough about the little bit i've seen about that kid it's like you fall in love with certain players after the draft i think he might be my favorite player and that's saying something considering the the skills skill set that we really drafted as a team this year i mean the ravens just knocked it out of the park
0: yeah we certainly think so and, and i think we likely thought so after 2019 uh but you know
1: it's been, um been a- i
0: don't know that we did though
1: because mm-hmm. remember i wasn't
0: real high on uh hollywood yeah you i don't Hollywood. Yeah. i
1: don't know yeah and no, then we didn't have a second rounder so
0: yeah yeah, maybe yeah. you're right
1: uh, yeah, I think you were. You were. We'd have to go back to the fans out there. Please go back to the tape. But I, I have yeah. a feeling we weren't as glowing. Let's put it that way. I'm sure we maybe liked not. it, we weren't as glowing as as we can be.
0: Yeah, I uh, yeah, maybe you're right. You 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 may have been more on the nose on that one than I was. Um, let's see, and of course, offense. Guy that makes it go, Lamar Jackson. Still no contract, but he is in the building. He is recording TikToks while people talk a lot of bad things about him. Uh just people are just piling
1: on for the sake of piling on to pile on. And yeah, I don't understand it at this point. It's like taking a mind of its own. But that's uh what happens, I think, when you're a quarterback in Baltimore. People just start deciding to to question whether you're elite or not, whether you're Joe Flacco or Lamar, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: I guess so. And, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't want to talk about it too much. I'm excited for him to get back on, on the field. It seems like in OTAs, he looked pretty sharp. Um, people were pretty happy with how he threw the ball. Um, so, you know, it seems like he's been working out, put, put on a, quite a bit of size, to be honest um yeah
1: he's looking he's looking big i mean that would be my mm -hmm. only concern at this point is that he got too big but let's see what happens
0: yeah i mean he could just be like super strong and and uh you know
1: i mean yeah i mean let's face it if he turns into you know the size of warren moon with the you know agility of lamar i mean let's go i mean i'm down
0: take it yeah that's that's an easy one but uh yeah, I'm excited to see how he I, – I I don't think he's going to play very much in the actual preseason games, but, you know, I, definitely oh. excited to see how he looks uh, in training camp. And I, I actually don't know. Have the Ravens done, done one of these, like, shared practice weeks? Do you know? Oh, that I don't know. If we've got
1: that on the docket, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, about. I
0: don't know that's something planned for or not i haven't read that yet and our stadium practices yeah interesting i don't think i'm not sure anything's been announced and usually they would have by now but um yeah i mean we'll see lamar's gonna be back after missing the last several games last year with that bone bruise um i'm excited to see him i can't wait and uh I just want him to sign the contract. He got another little baseline there from Kyler Murray. Did you see the the provision in Kyler Murray's contract, by the way? No. What What exactly are you talking about? They came like somebody put out a screenshot today of the wording of uh, Kyler Murray's contract, and they like they wrote in that one of the requirements is for him to spend four a minimum of four hours per game week in independent film study is like a is like a provision in his contract which as a quarterback as a franchise quarterback seems insane to me that four hours would be the minimum and you have to write it into the contract if you're giving him that much money i would agree with that that's uh that's
1: interesting let's just put it that way
0: can you imagine, um, like Peyton I'm Manning? I'm not sure
1: what that says. Does that does that insinuate anything, or does that is that just something they threw in there?
0: You know, I don't know. Like it, it seemed like you know, out of all quarterback contracts, like this seemed to stand out to people. Yeah, that's uh, odd. Yeah, that that's certainly odd. I can't imagine, like. Peyton Manning no. needing needing Not that right. provision it's in his contract.
1: Like yeah. Unless it was like some easily
0: attainable bonus thing or something. Well, yeah, right, right. I don't know. But yeah, that seemed insane to me. So like if there's anything about in there for Lamar about that, I'll be a little concerned. <laughs> like, what has he been doing? Yeah. These, these yeah. past no. years. But no. 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 I don't think there will be. Uh, shall we flip it over to the defense? Absolutely. Defense. I'm very excited about. I'm very excited about. Let's do a similar structure here. We'll 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 start up front. Um, I'm I'm very excited about this defense, mostly because of all the guys that will be returning from injury, and I'm very excited about some of these draft picks. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll start up front. We bring back, of course, the big man Calais Campbell, who was awesome last year. Signed him to a two-year deal. And then uh, we added Travis Jones in the draft. We were very high on him throughout the whole process. I think we took him in every single knock draft that we could. And, um, you know, hopefully he can he can step into that um, the role that Brandon Williams left behind, but also provide a little bit of uh, disruption in the middle instead of just, uh, you know, clogging up lanes. I, I'm really excited about Travis Jones uh, to see how he kind of translates – but, of course, um, you also bring in Michael Pierce, and you bring back Justin Matabike, who maybe this is the breakout year. Maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe, we were a little bit early. Maybe this is the one.
1: And, of course, he Big Roderick Washington. I feel like it's it's like the the Judon discussions over and over. I mean, and yeah. he finally did break out and it when he was fantastic. I mean, but and obviously still has been since he's moved on to the Patriots. But yeah, it feels like starting to feel like the Judon conversations with Matabike. Is this the season? He's finally gonna break out, showing flashes. You know, the one thing that I was disappointed to read today was uh, you know, Jeff's Rebeck in the Athletic mentioning that Michael Pierce has skipped all of the OTAs and all that stuff. And a lot of people are concerned that he's gonna show up to training camp way out of shape, especially after a year out. Um so that concerns me a little bit, I have to say. So I'm I'm real intrigued how to see how he handles the infamous uh uh you know conditioning test. Um but yeah I guess that's really in a lot of respects I mean Seeing what shape Michael Pierce is in is really the only thing I would say is a major concern, I guess, of the group that we brought in. You know, Brent Urban's kind of a nice – that's kind of a nice little extra signing, almost like the the replacement for a Wolf in some respects. You know, that rotational guy that's going to do a lot of dirty work, maybe not the same impact that Wolf could give on on any given day, but – Still that, that guy who's going to do all the dirty work. Um, you know, obviously, Campbell is what he is. Travis Jones, oh, God. I, I'm really excited to see that guy play, man. As we've talked about, you know, he could – he would just add a, a a massive new dimension to this team. If he could provide the push up front that we're hoping he can provide.
0: Yeah. For sure. I think we're putting, we're putting a lot of hope into that. A Travis lot of hope Jones.
1: into Travis Jones, but yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. I I mean, I, I'm, I'm
0: concerned about Pierce.
1: Player, you know, he's just the kind of player. I know this is crazy. I'm going to, I'm, i shouldn't be saying this right now, but he's just the kind of player that like between need, between impact of what he could bring to the defense and the fact that he's going to get a lot of playing time, you would think if he performs. I mean, he's got the potential to be a defensive, you know, rookie of the year kind of a season. Um, only because of those factors. I mean, he's this kid who's coming in that could. I mean, everything that we saw in those highlights and his skill set and everything else—that like guy who just blows everybody away and and has a monster rookie season.
0: It's certainly Am possible. I being crazy?
1: Am I smoking dope right now? I mean, at very. It's t-
0: dude, it's tough for a defensive lineman to do that, um, unless you're Aaron Donald, and I'm not sure yeah, anybody's. Uh, that's true. I'm turning him into Aaron Donald. I probably shouldn't do that. I, I might
1: be disappointed. I just might be disappointed if I'm if I'm making. If
0: that's down. if that's your right, if that's your uh, if that's your hope, honestly, Matabike is, is closer to Aaron Donald than Travis Jones to be on, to be honest in my opinion um not that he's close but you know just uh just you, the kind of game really
1: like, you really like
0: Matabike. <laughs> you know if i, if I was a, if i was a year early and i get to cash in on this year him being awesome then you know i want this recorded right now uh is Yo, he's boom. yeah i you know, like he's, he's not Aaron donald i know that but oh, i think uh high, you know I, huh
1: I said, thumbnail at 8.05, July 25th, TK, Justin BK is Aaron Donald. He said it here.
0: Yeah, he's better than Aaron Donald. Better yeah, right. than Aaron Donald. Right. Um, I, think he's, I think he's got some, some juice in the pass rush as well. So, you know, never know if guys are being, um, you know, th- things getting, protections getting shifted around because you add a guy like Travis Jones who also is the threat. To rush the passer and and you know you bring back Houston and away and things like that. But you know, the, the defensive line definitely looks good. You you mentioned Urban, you know, between him and Calais Campbell, who knows how many field goals are gonna get blocked? I mean, it, it's gonna be a nightmare for kickers. Um I I'm just yeah, it, it, it's a good group. Um, you know, did you know I we we were briefly mentioning Madden ratings before we started recording? Yeah. Did you know that Michael Pierce has the 10th highest interior defensive line madden rating in the league.
1: That's stupid.
0: That's insane, right?
1: That's ridiculously dumb. I, I
0: don't why. I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. I could not I I think he's like an 88 overall. What? Yeah it's uh it's really surprising and if he really is that good
1: then yes I mean, yeah, be stunned, like, yeah. God, but... god bless i i mean i hope that's <laughs> but oh my lord that's ridiculous
0: but i don't know i don't know how they did that uh maybe i don't maybe they thought they were great in somebody else but who knows if he can live up to that that will be great but i i highly doubt that um so yeah i mean he's he's my my like you said he's the concern right now um that's 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 gonna be interesting to see if he if he if he shows up tomorrow. You know, what kind of shape is he in? And uh and does he pass the conditioning test? Yeah, uh, just like we were talking about with Philele. Um But yeah, I mean I I started to talk about the edge guys a little bit with Houston. He got brought back like I mentioned before. Uh Oway Owe has the shoulder surgery, but he's ready looks like he's ready to go for training camp. Um Outside linebackers, again, like brushing the passer is going to be a huge thing. Obviously, it is every year. Who's going to provide that pressure? Uh, I think it's going to be a, a big jump year for Oway. Uh, but then, who else? You know, is is Houston going to turn back the clock a little bit and turn those hurries into sacks, or is it going to be Dalen Hayes? I don't know. He's got he's coming back from injury as well.
1: Yeah, I think this is a massive training camp for Dalen Hayes. He needs to he needs to be healthy. And he needs to be productive. And I think he could be, I mean, from all reports up until he got hurt last training camp, he was really starting to show some uh, some some skill set in off season workouts and all that stuff, and then then he got hurt. So I mean, hopefully he's gonna be able to take some of some of the off season in the weight room and all that good stuff and and turn it into a massive training camp. I that he he is a massive, massive player when you just think about depth on the outside. I mean, David Ajavo, I mean, is probably going to be fantastic whenever he gets on the field, but it's not going to be till the second half of the season. So during that first half, we're going to be relying on Adafe, O.A., Justin Houston, and Daylon Hayes to get some pass
0: rush. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned Ojabo. The other guy who's coming off a major injury is Tyus Bowser. and That's right. Kind of, we've, we've seen how awesome he is uh, over the past couple of years. years. Um, you know, that's two really big pieces in this outside linebacker group is Ojabo and uh, Tyus Bowser. And they're just not going to be available. Uh, I mean, Bowser is beginning the year on Pup. Uh, based on the timing of his injury and things like that, you know, who knows when he's going to be ready but it it's it's going to be tough and it's going there's going to be a lot of pressure on Owe because you know he's the young stud and he's expected to get get these pressures but again like if if we're getting some pressure from the interior maybe they can't slide over help to his side or maybe he's yeah. he's got to win some one-on-ones with left tackles and you know it it's it seemingly he looks he looks like he's ready to t- take a jump um you know a little bit more production but you know, I think he definitely has a really solid base to build off of as, from from his rookie year. But, you know, it, a lot of pressure is going to come down on him.
1: No doubt. And, you know, the other thing to start talking about now that we're on the defensive side of the ball is Mike McDonald. You know, mm. and the fact that we've got a brand new scheme, you know, where it's not going to be the wink Martindale dialing up crazy blitzes every play. And that, you know, we'll have to see how that changes for our pressures, too. You know, there's a good chance that well, I don't know if a good chance is the right way to say it, but there's a chance that, you know, the scheme that that McDonald comes up with is going to be a whole lot more effective for these players to make an impact. Um, So we'll just have to see how it plays out. But, yeah, there's a lot that is uh, riding on on this pass rush and these these linebackers and outside linebackers specifically. You know, now that now that we've opened up some money with Humphrey Zeal, you got to look and see, hey, what other pass rushers might be out there for us to to maybe maybe add to the next year.
0: Yeah, one of the names that keeps popping up a little bit and uh, in, in, had a tough year last year is Jason Pierre-Paul. He does have the track record, uh, but not thinning. right. He was a little bit hurt last year. He didn't really produce very much. He didn't re- really play very much. You know, does he is is he a guy that you want to bring in? Um, but you know, other than that, you know what are what are the real options there? I mean, are you looking for yeah, a camp absolutely. casualty? You know, you yeah, know, somebody like that. So, it's oh, well, uh, that's
1: an interesting thought. Actually, is if we leave that cap room there, don't spend it on someone like it or at least a lot of it, on a Jason Pierre-Paul, and then when somebody does get cut whoever that may be um we can come in and scoop them up
0: yeah yeah for sure And you know there's always some kind of veteran that becomes available that, that people get really interested in and uh you know uh i'm just looking espn recently put out a list of uh of some camp casualty ca- candidates and there are a couple edge guys on here some names that i recognize but can't say that i'm all that familiar with their recent play um, you know it's it's going to be uh, again no matter who you bring who you bring in a lot's going to come down on oa for sure first round yeah. pick i mean let's uh, face yeah. it by the end of the
1: year we need to have oa and ajabo and bowser in Houston all cooking.
0: Mm-hmm, I mean, for sure.
1: If we want to be a contending team ready to go to the playoffs, those four need to be healthy
0: and cooking. Yes, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about their middle linebacker buddies there. Uh, another maybe not as deep group uh, that we're used to, um, you know, you bring back Josh Bynes, Patrick Queen, of course. Uh, getting back with Mike McDonald, like you mentioned, you know his his initial position coach when he started his career. Um, you know, does that get Patrick Queen back into familiar and comfortable positions? Um, you know, working with a, a coordinator that he's familiar with. Um, you know, it's, it really comes down to Queen and uh, and Bynes and the guy behind them, the guys behind them. You, you know, really scratching your head a little bit, Malik Harrison. You know, of course, the, the unfortunate getting shot last year doesn't help. Uh, but other than that, you know, it maybe hasn't really lived up to, to the potential that we anticipated. And then guys like Christian Welch, who, who came in and played a couple games last year and, and kind of held his own. But, you know, you're really dependent on Queen you know, in this group as well. You really are. But I think I think the
1: answer to who else is inside is going to be answered by our next position group. Because I think Mm, we're going to see with the talent we have at the safety position, I think we're going to see somebody like a a Chuck Clark play closer to next to Patrick queen than he ever would have um, before. I I think as we're just going to see a, a nickel defense three safety package In this, I mean, I think that's going to be our base event by the time the
0: season is over. Yeah, honestly, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even mind a dime defense, to be honest, three corners, three three safeties, uh, you know, in in passing situations. I I think that the top three guys at the safety spot and the corner spot uh, are are. As good as any other team in the league, and and I really really like this safety group. Uh, I know you know Chuck Clark, maybe not the happiest at this point, but you know you bring in center fielder, fielder Marcus Williams, and you bring in uh, Kyle Hamilton, who can kind of do it all. And even if it's not Chuck Clark who comes down and plays by the line of scrimmage, I think Hamilton is uh, is equipped to do that. Maybe not the size and the strength of Chuck Clark, which I think, you're right, does make him a candidate to drop down a little bit. But having that Hamilton chess piece to move around the entire defense is – is uh, that's that's really hard to beat. And and I think Hamilton – I'm really high on him. I think he's going to be awesome. I did, like Before the draft, I had put the idea out of my head that he would be on the Ravens just because I thought he was going to go earlier. And, uh, you know, now that he's here, I am extremely excited.
1: Yeah, it's wild, man. And and you're right. I mean, it very well may be Hamilton based off his size that's going to come down into the box. But mostly my thought was Chuck Clark is wearing the green dot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not going to be Queen. It's going to be Chuck Clark. So that means Chuck Clark's going to be on the field all the time. And, and yeah, whether it's Clark or Hamilton or, or whether it be Marcus Williams you know, very I just don't see how we can not have most downs with those three players not on the field together.
0: Yeah, it's going to be hard, especially because of what is invested in those three guys. You know, you don't really want, you know, like, you can't, like you said, Chuck Clark Green Dot. He's not going anywhere. You invested a ton of money in Marcus Williams. You want him on the field as much as possible. You invested a, a the, you know, one of the highest draft picks the, the team has ever taken in Kyle Hamilton, and, uh, you know, you're not going to want him, uh, you know, on the bench. So, you know, you're going to, if you're going to rotate, I'm, I'm not sure which one you take off the field at any point ever. And then, you know, if, if not, then, you know, Chuck Clark, like you said, becomes your de facto other linebacker and you, yeah. know, you get a little bit more speed. You get a little bit more coverage, especially against some of these teams that we've struggled against that have, you know, multiple pass catching options, Uh, You know, it it makes for a really versatile back end, for sure. No doubt.
1: I mean, I would rather have that on the back end, along with, you know, obviously, Peters and Humphreys against the Bengals. I mean, come on, man. You know, Um, I mean, God, that, that that defensive backfield alone when we played Cincinnati the first time, I mean, I will feel so much better. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> you never know. Maybe the results will be the same, but you know, I I mean at least we've got we've got some legitimate horses to run against these other teams and and if they're really healthy, watch out. You know. Yeah. Um, watch out.
0: Yeah, and and of course, you mentioned Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, both coming off of fairly severe injuries. Marcus Peters on the pup list. Looks like Marlon Humphrey is going to be ready to go. You know, does he play inside? Uh, you know, you bring in Kyle Fuller, who's most of his success has been out as, as an outside corner. He got put into a difficult position last year playing some slot for the for the Broncos and didn't really have a good year. So do you do you let him stay outside instead of forcing him back into that uncomfortable position? and let Marlon Humphrey drop down into the slot. Or, you know, you have Brandon Stevens, who, you know, played a lot of safety last year. He he played outside corner in college, but, you know, seems to have the ability to go up against some of these tight ends uh, over the middle of the field. So even there, there are some options. Do you let some guys stay outside and and let Marlon Humphrey trail, you know, whoever the top target is? Um, Is he still a guy that can do that? Trail the top yeah. target because we saw Chase beat him uh, Jamar Chase g- gave it to Marlon Humphrey Pretty good twice last year So you know there's a lot of things to decide A lot of a lot of possibilities At, at the corner position A lot of youth in the depth Which is You know going to be tested if, if Peters isn't ready to go week one I mean Kyle Fuller's Got to play you know he's, he's a good veteran Of course he's got a, a ton of experience but If you're rotating guys in and out, that means Brandon Stevens, second-year guy, Jalen Armour-Davis, a rookie, and Pepe Williams, a rookie. So a lot of youth uh, behind uh, some very experienced guys, but I think that's probably a good thing. You know, there's going to be some trial by fire, but there's going to be some, like, okay, let's let the veterans handle this one. Yeah, man, it's –
1: I don't really know what else to say. This this Mm -hmm. is – it's an interesting group. Of course, we've said this several years, where we like, God, our, our secondary depth is awesome, and then by the end of the season, we're sitting there going, Oh fuck, you know what? What are we gonna do? You know, mm-hmm. so I don't want to get too crazy. I'm excited. If healthy, this team, this secondary could be really something special. The safety position certainly has a lot of depth, so so that's great. I mean, even when you go down to, you know, Tony Jefferson, who's Got, you know, he's great as one of our backups. You know, I would never want to have to go into the season with him as a starter, but he played really well for us last year. Uh, Gino Stone, even in Darius Washington, is probably on the bubble. You know, we've got, we've got some interesting options, even outside of the starters. Like you said, the young depth we have with some of the younger corners. Armour Davis apparently has looked really good in training camp, or not training camp, but offseason practices. Hopefully it continues during training camp. So it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting. And you know what my final question is for you is, will Jordan Stout be able to hold for Justin Tucker?
0: Yeah, I don't, I have no doubt. He's got Sam Cook up in him mount. I have no doubt.
1: I hope I'm concerned I'm about it though. Until I start, until I start seeing holds and, you know, Probably half a season of holds, I'm going to be nervous and I have no reason to be like or to think that Jordan Stout is going to fail. We have just witnessed a machine for so long in Sam Cook. That, you know, both punting and holding, I'm not trying to discount, obviously, the punting part of it either, but holding was so crucial and has been so crucial for Justin Tucker. Um. I just, I just don't want to see
0: that get messed up. Yeah. And, and to be honest, last year, we kind of went through a similar thing. It was like, you know, what's the deal with Nick Moore? Yeah. How's you know, he, you know, how's, how's he doing? And now you you have a second new piece to this wolf pack. Uh, you know, Nick Moore is, you know, very quickly, uh, Calmed a lot of fears, and I think Stout's going to do the same. I mean, he's he's working with Sam Cook every day. Uh, yeah. I can't I can't think of who better to work with a rookie punter than Sam Cook. So I have no concerns about Stout. Other than, can he throw?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. That that that's interesting to know. I will say this, you know, thinking about the fact that Jordan Stout did go to Penn State. Say what you will about how good Penn State is year to year, but playing there is a pressure position and punting is a pressure sort of position because you're only on the field for those little bit of times. And if you screw up, you really screw up, you know, one of those kind of things. So that's in a lot of respects, that's a pressure position. So playing in a big stadium like that in front of a packed house all the time, hey, I, I, I'm probably
0: I'm, – I'm selling Jordan Stout a little short. The other thing is that there's a lot of punting in the Big Ten. so he's, That's true, cold weather punting. Right, right, exactly. So he's used to the elements. He's uh, – hopefully doesn't have to deal with frequent punting uh, in his career in Baltimore. Yes. But
1: uh, – <laughs> Hopefully but, he, he sets a league low in number of punts his rookie season. Yeah, for for a good reason, not because like
0: he gets caught well, yeah, or something. Sure.
1: <laughs> for someone that was a a, a good punter all season, league low. Yeah. The only reason he doesn't set the uh, the the record for longest punt average is because he just didn't have enough average, you know, punts to to
0: make the uh, make the list, right? To count. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting. That. Anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean he he'll be fine. I have no concerns. Uh, the last thing I want to say, just just wrapping up between two of the groups that we mentioned with a ton of depth were the secondary and the tight ends and even the running backs. Uh, the roster management here is going to be really interesting because how many of each of those positions can you keep while not shorting the offensive line or the defensive line or you know. You know, like, how do you how do you cut it down to 53 if you're going to keep five safeties or if you're going to keep yeah. four tight ends and a fullback? Yeah. You know, it, that's going to be really, really interesting to see how it comes together. Um, and just going through the list now, I'll probably do a 53 man prediction and uh, and I'll send it over to you. But I have no idea Not how good. I'm going to do it right now
1: yeah i'm gonna have to give it i'm gonna have to give it a little bit because there's some positions I'll be honest with you. I have no idea how to choose between one player or another mm-hmm. but um yeah man, that's so true because between the offensive line, defensive line, safeties, you know it's like running backs, it's like where where tight ends like where are we keeping the extra players that
0: may mm-hmm. or may not be needed right exactly, and uh that's why it's not my job. And that's why I'm uh, again reiterate I'm not on the Ravens coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, and, and let's <laughs> yeah. let's just make sure we
1: we call that out again. Breaking news from earlier. Yeah,
0: breaking news. Uh, yeah, my uh, job application still was not accepted. So. Disappointing. It's just
1: but but you know what? At least we have another year of these podcasts ahead of us. So thank God. For yes,
0: it. absolutely. All right, Holly. Anything else that you wanted to mention? You know, we'll be back <laughs> yeah, throughout. I- I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, we'll be back throughout training camp, the preseason. You know how we'll do it uh, in, our, in our recaps of the games and, and major news. I don't know. Anything else you want to finish up with?
1: You know, not not too much, man. And just everybody keep enjoying your summer. And uh, hopefully the Orioles will keep, keep things going for us right along with the Ravens starting training camp. So it's a good, it's a good time to, to be a sports fan. It's a great time of year. Use uh, your sunscreen. Yes, use sunscreen, reapply. Don't just float in the pool and forget about reapplying. You know, that's important, important things for the summer. Absolutely. All right, you want to sign us off?
0: All
1: right, everybody. Well, as I said, stay excited. Go O's, go Ravens, go summer. Talk to you soon, guys.